Well, hello everybody. I trust that the microphone is working okay. I had everybody off hold, but it was a little bit too noisy. So I think it'll be easier to use the Q&A mode here. So uh, welcome. Welcome to Ron's question and answer call. As usual, uh, we're very eager, very excited to have the chance to discuss your deals live discuss them in real time. Um, equally, we're, we're really glad to be able to take your questions in this what amounts to an open forum on a monthly basis. Now you may have noticed by now that uh, my voice isn't nearly as charismatic or accommodating as, as Ron's is and that's of course because I'm actually not Ron. Um, but uh, I will certainly do my best, I'll introduce myself, but I, I'll certainly do my best to provide some guidance and some discussion on doing deals in the fashion of Ron Legrand. Uh, and what that really means is just doing deals wisely and doing them the most profitably with the least amount of risk. So it, it obviously makes sense to, to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Joel, uh, Joel Sangerman. And I'll give you a little bit of an idea of how I've grown as a real estate entrepreneur in Ron's system over, over the last couple of decades here, over 20 years really, uh, utilizing Ron's system. First, uh, I do have to go through some logistics for the call. Uh, and this is actually really important. So pay attention here in particular if you have questions that you want to get answered. Um, and here they are. One, we, we hold this call on the second Monday of every month. The Gold Club members, Gold Club members can submit their deals prior to the call and we'll review them right here. If you're not a Gold Club member, then you can listen, but you're not able to actually participate interactively. That's a preferred treatment for the Gold Club member to actually have your deals done uh, in live real time on these calls or at least structure them with you. So you can get more information and you can sign up for the Gold Club which of course has many more benefits than, than just this uh, at www.ronsgoldclub.com. Number two, I want to explain how you ask questions and get into the queue so that you can discuss your deal. So A, if you are a Gold Club member and you want to ask a question or you want to discuss a deal um, that's already been submitted, you have to press star six. You have to press star six to be entered into the queue. Now, if you're a Gold Club member but you did not dial in on this interactive line, um, the one that's listed on your Gold Club membership, then you should go to the website homepage uh, after you've logged in and get the right number. Meaning you, you can hang up on this call and you can dial back in using the number that's on your login page uh, with the correct phone number and access code so that you can ask questions that you may have. So I'll trust that everyone has that. Uh, again, Joel Sangerman is the name and briefly let me give you some, some background on my experience uh, with Ron's system that evolves, uh, has evolved over time. 
uh, how I've used real estate really as a catalyst to generate wealth, uh, some of the first courses that I've um, that I purchased uh, from from Ron or from Global Publishing came out in the 1990s when 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 his courses were actually sold on cassette tapes, and of course well before Al Gore invented the internet and we had the Gold Club and things of that nature. Uh, that's one of Ron's favorite jokes. If you spent any time with him, you've only heard him tell it about 12 times before. But I can honestly say that Ron Legrand is the best teacher, the best coach that I've personally ever had, and I've had some really good ones, um, including college, including uh, competitive sports, including a, a professional career in, in healthcare. And I can tell you that using this learning system, using the techniques that Ron and Global Publishing really have perfected over the years, uh, I've had the luxury of doing both the ugly house and the pretty house business that you learn about at Quick Start Real Estate School. Uh, for those of you who don't know, ugly house business really pertains to wholesale deals for quick cash or retail rehabs for even bigger cash, uh, but sometimes longer paydays. And then certainly, all of the elements of Ron's terms system or what we call the, the pretty house business. The pretty house business really entails taking over other people's debt with what we call subject to or overfinanced homes. Uh, we'll do lease options, sandwich leases, uh, assignment of contracts, and we'll just do straight up options. And then, of course, all different variants of owner finance deals as well. So it's important for you to know that this system really aims to create transaction engineers. It's a term you'll hear utilized frequently um, if you go to Quick Start Real Estate School or if you've been. And it's really up to you if you want to specialize in a particular area or if you want to be a generalist and make deals on whatever comes at you. Uh, which is frankly what I prefer. So tonight and every month, it's an opportunity to true up your understanding of, of the system that you've learned or are learning, and you're going to get better as a result of participating in this community so that you can make more money. And, and I can tell you as somebody who's bought and sold tens of millions of dollars in real estate, someone who's profited handsomely, and someone who still to this day, even as someone you know, asked to lead this call for Ron here, I still always try to get on these monthly calls when I can. I listen in. I use the Gold Club regularly. And I continue to be thirsty for the knowledge that's gained through these sorts of events and collaborations. So with that, why don't we go ahead and get started with questions that are coming from the, the, the group here. Again, if you have a question, you're just going to go ahead and hit star six, and I should be able to, to see you in the queue. Uh, one other thing, though, uh, I am going to end the call, or at least plan to end the call promptly at 8 Eastern, because that's actually what we budgeted time-wise, and I want to be respectful of that. Uh, so depending on how many questions I see in the queue, um, I'll try and pace the conversation appropriately and also answer the questions in the best interest of everyone who's on the call. So let me go ahead and open up the queue here 
and see who our first caller is. Bear with me a sec. So I'm going to move us off of Q&A mode because for some reason we don't seem to have any questions in the queue. So let me try uh, and do it in this. Bear with me a sec. Uh, we'll try to get you unmuted here. Okay, so I don't have people in queue for questions, so I'm going to try and just do it like this manually. Uh, did you all hear that introduction, or was I talking to myself? We heard it. Okay. We heard it. So uh, we do have quite a few participants on the call, but amazingly, uh, this is an extremely well-behaved group in the, in the sense that I don't hear a whole lot of background noise. So um, is there anybody who has any questions? We can fix that. <laughs> I bet. I bet you could. Um, but seriously, I don't think I have any questions here. So uh, that would make for quite a short call. Hello, I do have a question. Okay. Can, um, can we try something? Who, who's this speaking, by the way? Because I can see from my computer who's on the line. Uh, my name is Anita. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to uh, put this back into question and answer mode. And then if you have a question, uh, go ahead and hit star six. And then I'll open up your line so that uh, we can actually proceed in an orderly fashion as far as uh, taking any questions. Fair enough? Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> okay, here we go. Q&A mode. If you have a question, hit star six. Now I'm wondering if you guys are just messing with the old man here because I don't have anybody and I thought I heard two people wanting to ask a question. Up oh, here we go. Uh, I see a name that rings a, a bell here and I see Jacksonville area code. So let me go ahead and hit next. And this sounds like somebody from Jacksonville already. Are you able to uh, hear me? Yes, sir, I am. Good evening to you. Uh, uh, it's interesting you started off by talking about transaction engineering, and that's exactly where my question goes. Uh, there is a house for sale near here, and the gentleman is building, uh, it's in Jacksonville, the gentleman is building another house in Palm Coast, 
which will be ready by the middle of uh, 2018. He would prefer to live in his house until the, set, the new house is complete. And as, of course, as you can expect, he would like to get the full price for his house and would like to get paid in cash. I also noticed he has just recently uh, reduced his asking price by about four or $5,000. Now, uh, as regards transaction engineering, what kind of a potential deal could I possibly offer him? Uh, oh, it's a pretty house, by the way. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Nothing to be done in it. It's, it's okay. ready to go. Uh, well, let me check. First of all, are you able to hear my voice okay? Absolutely. Okay, excellent. So there's a process that we follow. Have you been to Quick Start Real Estate School by chance? Yes, I have. Okay, so then you understand probably intuitively that there's some very basic questions that we need answered so that we can, so that we can engineer the transaction in a way that makes sense for both the seller and for us as the buyer. Uh, so why don't you tell me what's some of that information that you need to know? And then you can tell me if you know it or not. Well, uh, some of the information apart from the stats of the house, number of bedrooms and all that kind of stuff is also uh, how much he owes on it. And uh, So what's the answer to that question? How, how much is it worth? That would be the R, right? The after repaired value. And how much right. is owed on it. That's the first thing, by the way, and, and I'm not saying this necessarily for your specific benefit, but for everybody on the phone. One of the first things that we want to know and to be honest with you, I don't even care about the address of the property, the name of the person, or anything until I know the difference between what the property is worth and what is owed on the property. And regardless of the answer to that question, we can structure a deal. But I want those metrics, and I, and I don't even want to call anybody until I have that. So, uh, and what's your name again, sir? You are from Jacksonville, right? Or is that just your area code? That I, am, I am from Jacksonville, matter of fact, probably about uh, 10, 12 miles from GPI offices. Excellent. And what's your name again, sir? Amol, A-M-O-L. Okay, Amol. Listen, what's this house worth and what's owed on it? All right, number one, there's nothing owed on it. It's free and clear. Excellent. Number Number two, he's asking for about 270 and in that particular subdivision, there haven't been too many sales lately. Uh, and uh, the best uh, I could do was with uh, the Zestimate or the Zillow Estimate, which indicates about 245. However, there's no real comparable data because there haven't been too many sales mm -hmm. in that subdivision at all the last uh, year or so. Okay. All right. Um, on, the, on that point, I just want to drill a little bit deeper into the comparables and understanding what a house is worth. Because in my opinion, Zillow is very zoptimistic. <laughs> so okay. I like to identify, if you can't identify recent comps, at a very minimum, 
you can look in, look around the area, uh, and you can do this electronically, right, via the internet, and see what other houses are available, and put yourself in the mind's eye of, you know, a young family buyer, first-time home buyer, and they're trying to find a place to, you know, live or raise their family, and they're looking at these prices, and you want you want to see if the subject property, the one you're talking about buying, would be competitive upon resale with those other homes. So yes, use Zillow at first before you can go out and do all this due diligence because there's things we have to find out before we even get into this due diligence. But a way to really cop it when you have just a little bit of information is to be careful with Zillow and actually look manually at what's available in the area um, and try to and try to see would this house be competitive with those that are for sale. Ideally, you want to use houses that are already sold. So if it's already sold, um, or there's three or four of them, then you can get a very good idea of what the house will appraise for and uh, and what you can work towards with what will likely be a lease option buyer that you'll put in there to, and get them qualified for the loan. So that's a little bit on the uh, estimating value. Now I want to ask you, obviously, the house is free and clear. So with the house being free and clear, you have a multitude of ways that you can buy the property that can probably work for everybody. But the key question, and, and this is really important, if you take nothing else away from this Q&A session, it's this. We're, in, at least in the pretty house business, we're not cashing people out immediately. We can give them full price. And you can make it clear that we'll give you full price. We don't have a problem with the price. We don't need a discount really on the price. But what we do need is a little patience. We need to know if we're going to take monthly payments for a period of time until we cash out the house, usually from the proceeds of a new loan. So I need you to let me know, are you willing to take monthly payments on this house for a while? That's the question in almost every single pretty house deal that has to be answered. So I'm going to assume, Amol, that you asked that question and what was the answer? Well, uh, he said not really because I'm not in much of a hurry to sell given that he wants to move by the middle of next year. By the way, I do have an update for you. I just, while you were speaking, I also checked uh, Zillow one more time and the Zestimate has actually now moved up to 256. I also checked real estate ABC, and the closest comp I can find, this house is 2,100 square feet, and the closest comp I could find uh, for, is 0.4 miles away, 2,500 square feet, and that is at 279. This gent's asking for 270. Okay. Well, that's the right kind of analysis to be doing. I'm glad you're doing it, but it might be a little early for us to pay too much attention to that. We need to know if this seller is open to taking terms. Are they open to taking monthly payments? Because without that, it doesn't matter what the sales price is of the home relative to the value unless it's like 60 cents on the dollar, which I almost guarantee you it isn't in this case. It is not. No, it is not. You're correct. So what about the monthly payments? Is he willing to take them or not? Uh, not at this point because he thinks he has uh, some time since he wants to move by the middle of next year. But he's already dropping his price, which is weird. Well, well wait a minute. Let me understand. 
You're you're saying he's going to live in the, he's not he's not willing to even sell the house right now. He's just trying to line up sellers for a year from now. Uh, that's what it looks like. For, for a year from now. That's what it looks like because he initially said he wanted to sell it right away. Then he said, well, you know, he can't afford to wait for buyers because uh, his new house will be completed. No, 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 okay, he's not waiting for a buyer. You, you got to let him know, here I am. I'm here. I'm making you an offer. I'm willing to buy it. I'm going to buy this house from you. The way I'm going to buy it, though, is I'm going to give you monthly payments. You can take those monthly payments, and since you don't have a mortgage on this house, you're going to be able to use the lion's share of that monthly payment for any other house in town you like or any other house out of town you like. I'm putting you in a situation to get out of this house now. How much do you love me for that? Okay. That's what he's got to understand. Now, for just for instructive purposes, if um, you, you get a range of situations on these free and clear houses, right? On free and clear right. houses, you might have someone who says, well, I need to get cash out of this for A, B, C, D, and E, and F reason. And for that reason, you're a nice enough guy, but I'm not going to take monthly payments on this under any circumstance. You, you're left with, well, what would your view be on going ahead and putting a loan on the house, and we'll make the payments on that loan until we cash the loan out with new financing from our buyer. That gets the house sold. It puts me in a position to put one of our executive buyers in there, it puts you in a position to have your cash and move on down the road with your life. How do you like that plan? And some will and some okay. won't. Um, so okay. that, that's a way that they can get cash out of it and uh, everyone can be satisfied. If they're unwilling to do that, you know, for a myriad of, of reasons, then you have to get into the mode of, of asking them, hey, do you mind if I ask? If you don't get this house sold in the next little while, what are you going to do next? And ask them, and and you know let, let them know. You know, I'll always precede that with, are are you saying that if I can't cash you out on this house immediately, you turn down a full price offer for me? You have to have cash immediately because if that's the case, then I'm probably not your huckleberry. And if they say yes, then you ask the question, what are you going to do if it doesn't sell? Would it be okay if I followed up with you and see if things went the way you planned? And that's, okay. that's the line of reasoning that you take by asking them questions and getting them to a point where they will make you the, the actual offer instead of you having to persuade anybody. So what it sounds like to me is you've got some more conversation to have uh, with the seller all. Okay. So essentially you're saying basically refinance the house so he can get his money out and then it's a subject to based on the new mortgage. Well, I'm not saying, the, uh, I'm saying ask him. What we want to do, okay. and, and this is another key point, what we want to do is ask sellers questions and let them end up making us the offer by the answers to their questions. Hey, what would you think about getting a new loan on this house? That gets you your cash, and then uh, I could take over the payments. Would that be okay with you? Okay. 
people are much more responsive to being asked a question so they come to the realization themselves than you telling them what they should do where they feel like they're being, you know, handled. Very true. Very true. All right. So I want you to get really good at asking, basically making statements in question form. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, I do need to have some more conversations with him. I shall stop that tomorrow. Okay. Well, very good. Let me go ahead, Amol, and move on to the next question here. And sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure, Amol. Now, does this happen to be my good friend, Corey? Yes, it is. <laughs> I saw that name and I said, I, I know the name and I know the face. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, I know both. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm, Corey, by the way, folks, is, is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet uh, in, the, in the history of the universe. And Corey, didn't you, used to, didn't you used to have a retail store where you sold all things related to uh, whatever the plural is of moose? Just, yep, just moose. That's it. That's right. <laughs> Fantastic. So anyway, Corey, what's on your mind? Sorry, I have some. I have a question. I guess. Um, what is? So I, I really haven't gone to to do any kind of raising private money. Um, mm -hmm. All of the houses that have been just either subject twos or lease options that I've worked on. And uh, so, what, what's your? I guess confidence building to go out and ask someone and it's not even asking I realize that but for you know to raise private money well I think 90% of it is in your attitude and knowledge that what you're offering them is a bona fide chance for a yield that is exponentially greater than they would get anywhere else and that is an absolute fact and it's probably more secure than other investments that yield as much as you can give them. For example, I mean, have you looked at what you get on a CD or on a savings or in a bond? I mean, you, you could loan, you, you could buy a government bond that, you know, has a 10-year maturity or even a 30-year maturity and you're, you know, at two, three, four points max. I don't even think you're up to four. I haven't looked in a while. So there's very little, very few places to park money, but there's a lot of money out there and it's doing nothing because people are scared. We've got a stock market at an all-time high. What are you going to do? Invest that money when the Dow's at 24000 and the country just printed trillions of dollars and, and not just our country, but the world all over. You think there might be a little bit of a, of a boost to stock prices that occurred because of that trillions of dollars of money that was printed and injected into the economy? Are those stock prices real? Maybe they are, but I don't know. It sure seems to me like there's a chance that that stock, those stocks can come crashing down. So I can understand why people don't put their money there. But where are you going to put it? Where are you going to put it if they're not going to learn the things that we're talking about? And a lot of people just don't have the gumption to do that, understandably. You know, if I'm, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, an older person in my 70s or something like that, I'm not sure I want to go out and, and, and do all this. I mean, you know, Ron's kind of a unique guy, right? I mean, as hard as he works, but I'm not sure I want to go out and do this if I already have millions of dollars and I have 
and I'm trying to get passive income. So, you know, here comes Corey. Hey, look, and, and I really like this statement when, when people ask you what you do for a living, instead of telling them you're a real estate investor, tell them that you help people get higher rates of return on their money uh, using, using real estate as a vehicle for that. And almost everybody will ask you about it. And if you play it in, you know, if you play it in a way where you're not desperate, oh, oh, come on over here, yeah, yeah, I need to get your money. It's well, you know, we'll put you into a uh, a, a a house, an investment in a house where you're secured by the real estate, which is worth way more than what you'd be loaning against it, and we'll pay you and agreed upon yield. You want as high a yield as possible and I want to pay as low a yield as possible. And frankly, I got people lined up to uh, give me good interest rates on this because they know they can only get 1% on their CDs. How much are you getting on your CDs or bonds or bank account? Well, I'm getting 2 3%. Well, I know I can beat that. I'm not going to beat it by much, but I can definitely beat that. What would be the lowest yield you could take for me to put your money in a safe, secure investment that gets you a, a return that you can actually compound on? And, and you know, you might be able to verbalize it better better than I'm doing here, but you 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 can see that I really believe this, and I know as a dead certainty that I can get people more yield on their money than they can uh, from a bank, and I know it will be done securely because I'm going to have uh, it backed up by real estate. In fact, you know, if I do a private money deal where I'm getting 60 or 70 cents on the value of the home, if you're the lender on that. Shouldn't you go to bed at night hoping that Corey doesn't pay? Hoping that Joel doesn't pay? Yeah. Because now you've got an asset worth way more than what you were going to get in yield. You give that thing to a realtor, let that realtor fire sell that thing, and you get all your money back and more. Okay. So I, I just need you, Corey. Corey, you know, I, I, I've known Corey for you know, several years, so... Um, and Corey's done an excellent job, haven't you, Corey? With, I mean, I've seen some of the stuff that you've, you know, uh, put out there and, and done. I mean, you're doing a great job with the system. Um, but you'll, I, I don't think you'll mind me saying that, you know, one of the issues that, that you've had is just being a little bit, a little bit on the, you know, timid side of not being 100% confident when you, when you present the deals to, to sellers or private lenders. Yeah, I, you know, that was one of the things, the biggest thing that, that I overcame when it, when it comes to talking to sellers. Um, and I think I just have to kind of re, rethink my thinking. And, and when I'm talking to potential investors that, that uh, I mean, I have a good deal for them that is going to be major, majorly different than probably what they're investing their money in right now. So, it is. But and, and let me think about this, Corey. Um, let's say you were forbidden from being an active real estate investor. You're blackballed. You can. You're banned from all real estate investing. And let's say you cash in some of those beautiful homes you have up there in Maine, and you're sitting on, you know, let's just call it one million dollars. Well, let's call it more than that because that's not very much money. Let, let's say you had $10 million and you're, sit, you're sitting on this money and you're concerned about putting it in the, the stock market. 
Um, you know what you know uh, about real estate, but you can't do anything real estate wise where you can get you know really awesome yields, way better than what we're talking about here. But you need to get some kind of yield on your money. And somebody came up to you and presented a deal to you in the same way you would, Corey. You know something that's a, a decent deal where maybe there's a you know a two hundred thousand dollar house as far as after repair value, and you've got a contract to buy it for a hundred. And all it really needs is 10 grand of repair. And you go up to someone and say, "Hey, look, um, can you, you know, can you loan $120,000 on this property at a 7% annualized rate of return?" Or, if, I mean, if someone came up to you and said that, would you, you know, would you take that deal? Yeah, definitely. You, you, you wouldn't take it as a real estate investor, but as a passive uh, person who has to compound their money, that's not really a very bad deal at all. And you probably would go to bed at night hoping that they don't pay because it would be better to have that $200,000 property than you know, the measly 7% that you're getting on the, the 120 that you loaned out. But if, right. So the worst thing that can happen is, let's say it takes a year for you to rehab and, and sell it, um, you know, you're going to you're going to, uh, what would that be, uh, $129,000 or something. So you get eight or $9,000 on that money over the course of the year that you otherwise would not have got. And if you multiply that times your whole portfolio, you know, $10 million, that becomes a whole lot of money that you're making for your family. And, um, and there's lots of people that are, that are willing to, to do that. So it does come down to being able to confidently ask the right questions. Hey, are you happy with the yields you're getting? I mean, if you don't mind my asking, what are you, you know, what are you investing in that's safe and secure and allows your money to compound? And you, you if, and you can talk to them about what you're doing and attract, um, attract that money. And you know, Ron's got a course on this. I don't know if you've done it. You, you know, Jay has a course on this. Jay Connor, uh, that's really good as well. And. I think you know. I think he might even presented it at Ron's Quick Start School. So, um, if you haven't done that stuff, um, I think that would be a, a good way to go. Good. Fair enough. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Well, hey, I hope to see you over the holidays, maybe down there in Florida or something. I hope to. I have plans to get to the uh, real estate summit coming up. So. Great. Great. Oh, you mean the one in uh in um where is it this year in in February, isn't it? In is it Daytona or Jacksonville? I forgot. Orlando. It's a uh, in Jacksonville area, I think. Yeah. And by the way, everyone on the call, that would be a great place to go to really get uh additional training. I don't think I've ever walked out of one of those real estate summits, the annual convention, and it, it should be on the Gold Club. If you go on the Gold Club, you can learn more about it. I don't think I've ever walked out of that place without spending five to ten thousand dollars on people's products. Um, I, in fact, I'm in my office here in, in Nevada. I'm looking at my wall. I've just got—I mean, there might be a hundred courses on my wall. Uh, but you have to have that kind of thirst for uh, new information, and that'll help your own skill sets evolve to where you can you can do these deals really in your sleep because you've uploaded all of this information into your brain, and it just rolls off your tongue when you're speaking to sellers or, or trying to get, get things done. So I'm a big proponent of um, 
always trying to get uh, more and more education. And Corey, I know you've done that, and that's why you've come so long in the in the last come, come such a far away in the last few years. Yeah, definitely. Getting to just getting in into the language and listening to other people and it's reprogramming your brain really excellent well hey man good to catch up with you another question came in the queue so I'm gonna go ahead and move on to that individual and awesome. uh, have a great uh, I assume you're eating turkey instead of moose <laughs> <laughs> yep hopefully All right. well, very good Corey good talking to you man good talking to you have a good Thanksgiving you too thanks so our next question is, it looks like another Jacksonville area code here. Uh, who do I have the pleasure of speaking with? This is Amol. The bad penny is back. Just a quick update. You mentioned the summit. Uh, this time, especially for people who are up north, it's going to be in uh, the World Golf Village in St. Augustine, just south of Jacksonville. It's a golf resort. So... For a golf enthusiast, great one. Uh, that was the update. And uh, one quick question regarding what uh, um, the, the conversation you had with Corey. Sure. If I understand you correctly, uh, essentially, uh, it's something that I heard a long time ago. I, I think that is what you were saying. Uh, don't try to sell uh, people anything. You let them buy. That's and, correct. Uh, I, I believe that it's a, it's a skill that's very hard to master. I have not mastered it yet, uh, but I'm diligently working on it. Okay, and essentially at times you can just take it away. In other words, um, not, not make it all that readily available so that the person wants to that's get right. the information. Okay. Well, and you, you saw me use that technique a little bit of mole when I was role-playing with, with Corey that, hey, look, I've got a lot of people who are, sorry, there's my, my cell phone going off. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks who are looking to get high yield, so, I, you know, I need to kind of vet through the people that I work with. Um, but, you know, we can do one of these together if you like and, um, you know, and see where things lead. But I, I probably need to know by Friday because I'm going to wrap this deal up with someone else otherwise. All right. Fair enough. Thank you so much. Okay. Hey, and thanks for the information on the, the resort. I imagine if you live down there, you know all about it. I've never been to that one in particular, but I'm sure looking forward to it. It's an excellent one. I believe it's got courses by Jack Nicklaus and uh, other folks. So. Great. Great. Thanks, Jamal. Let me go ahead and uh, I'm going to try and open up the line again here and see if this works. Okay, I just unmuted everybody again because it seems tolerable and I just wanted to uh, ask uh, if there's any other questions. Otherwise, um, we, otherwise we may as well adjourn. I'm sorry, it was a little hard to hear you. You sound like you're in a tunnel. Oh, I was, I was just saying if there's any other questions. Do, do you have a question? Uh, yeah, actually I do, but it depends on if you want to cover anything with entity structuring. 
problem. I think I'm happy to do it. Uh, let, me, let me do this. I'm going to uh, put this back in the mute, and I'm just going to mute the final call for questions here. So what I'd like you to do is, uh, when I go into Q&A mode, hit start six, so that you and I can be writing uh, people whose line is active, and then I'll take the question. But this is the, this is the last call for folks to, to hit start six. So if you have a question, uh, wait until I hit Q&A mode here in a second, and then hit start six. Thank you. So, uh, okay. you, sir, go ahead and do that. Uh, So whoever I was just speaking with about entity structure, oh, here we go, okay, let me see. So is, uh, is this Van? Oh, it sounds oh, like I got like through now. now. Yep, and what was your name again, sir? Uh, my name uh, is Mike. Okay, Mike, it's, it, it looks like you might be calling from the great state of Wisconsin. Yes, uh, there's a little bit of an echo in here. Uh, are we off of the uh, general speaker? Uh, yes, we are. It should just be me Okay. I'll just, I'll just talk through it, then it must be feedback. Um, you're in um, Nevada, correct? That's right. Okay. Uh, the, I, one of my questions was about states like Wisconsin and several others that do not limit LLC liability to a charging order. And I was trying to find out how I would structure perhaps nested entities uh, so that it would have a protection such as Wyoming or Nevada, which restrict lawsuits against LLCs to charging orders only. Well, Mike, that's way beyond anything that I would be able to offer any kind of guidance or, or counsel on. Okay. Uh, I can tell you that I've done business in all, I mean, I think I've done business in Wisconsin. As a matter of fact, I have, although I don't recall what any we use, but um, I have a bad corporation, I had an Illinois corporation, um, and usually where there's a where there's a will, there's a way. I'm not sure I'm quite following what the what the issue is. I'm sorry, you still sound are you able to go to an asset protection attorney? That's what we're talking about here, right? I'm sorry, you, you still sound like you're in a tunnel, um, so it's difficult to hear what you're saying. Um, is this any better? Yes, it is. Ah, okay. Um, okay. No, what I was saying is <laughs> that that question goes way beyond what I'd be able to advise you or, or counsel you on. Oh, okay. I, I, I mean, I, I have entities, but I... Uh, pretty much understand the spirit of what I'm doing and I let the proper legal counsel structure things for me. So as far as what your okay. question is, it sounds like you have an understanding of how to structure the entity, but there might be a peculiarity in Wisconsin that limits your ability to do it the, uh, in the way you can do it in other places. And what I would suggest is, is you discuss that with, with, with an attorney who's more qualified to answer it. 
Yeah, yeah, and I, I was I was thinking of that too because uh, Wisconsin doesn't limit it to charging orders, but I know you can nest entities out of other states. Um, do you guys use a particular national uh, attorneys group to set these up that we'd be able to? I mean, I, didn't I, see anything I, I lived in I lived in Chicago for years and always used a Nevada corporation. So, you know, okay. it, it sounds to me like they're they're. I, I've never even heard of the issue that you're bringing up. So, you know, you well, might want yeah. to, where, where did you get that information from, by the way? Wisconsin website. Uh, I wanted to look yeah. up specifically if it, if it limited to that, and it specifically says it does not limit it. So they're even aware of it. <laughs> yeah, so, so, you know, in my mind, in my mind, these, these, are, these are issues that you can take up with an attorney who's structuring your entity for you and just get it done the, the proper way. Okay, fair enough. I just thought I'd ask because you're in one of those states that does protect you, but I appreciate the time. Yeah, Nevada has quite a lot of protection given the sordid uh, past of Nevada and who really uh, use their influence to write the laws here, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for your time tonight. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. So I've got another question here I'm going to go ahead and take, and this is coming from area code 432. Who am I speaking with? Oh, this is Linda in the West Texas area. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your first name. Linda. Linda, okay. Hey, Linda, uh, what's on your mind? I have a house in a neighborhood that it's about, uh, the neighborhood is maybe 90 to 125. And uh, these folks went in there and tore down one of the houses and rebuilt a larger house. And they're now asking 200 so there's nothing comparable, you know, within that neighborhood. How how do you adjust for that price? Well, granted, it's difficult if there's no comps. I think you have to sort of look at what else is available and see how that house compares. And if you were the buyer, would you be willing to pay that premium? That would be one thing I would use. You're saying that there's no sold comps and there's no active comps in the area because they essentially uh, built a home that should be two homes. They overbuilt the area. So that might not be all bad. What if you were to go to that seller and you know this is the this is what, what I mentioned to Amol is that what you have to do is identify whether that seller will take monthly payments or not. And well, what I'm going to tell you, I visited with her about that, and she's beginning to be open because she's had it listed for six months, and they haven't been able to sell it. So, so it's she, listed with the realtor today. No, she called me when the listing expired, but it mm -hmm. has previously been on for six months. So maybe a better approach to this is to ask her what the lease she could take on the houses, I did and, that, and tell her saying, that you know I saying, you don't. I'm sorry, go ahead. I beg your pardon, go ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, find out what the lease you could take on the house is. You know, try to push that down a little bit by, you know, by using the, the flow that we use, which mm -hmm. is, you know, to, to act shocked. What? Are you kidding me? There's no house that's ever sold here that much. Do you really need that much money for it? Well, yes, I do. Well, are you telling me that if I don't get you every penny of that, that you don't want me to buy this house from you? Well, maybe I can come down a little bit. Well, you might need to come down more than a little bit. What do you have in mind? You know, just keep pushing it down as far as you can. And then, 
you can let them know, hey, I'm not exactly doing backflips down the hallway with glee over this price, but I think I might be able to get you this price. But it depends on two things. One, I need a monthly payment that's reasonable, and I need you to confirm my assumption here that you're not going to also need a down payment on this. You can confirm that for me, can't you? And if you get a good answer to that, then you can, you can just say, well, look, why don't we do this? I need to do some due diligence, but let's just write it up the way that you have indicated you'd be happy with at X amount of dollars for the home at so much per month. And, um, and then at that point, you can decide. If you, if you want to close on it, depending on what that monthly payment is, you can, and I'll explain how in a sec. Or you can just level with them and say, look, I'm not really that happy with the terms because it appears that this house is overbuilt for the neighborhood. That might be why it's taking six months to sell. But I'm more than willing to write it up under the terms you've given me. I think they might be fair. I usually get much better terms, so you've done a great job negotiating this. But let's write it up. But I need a 90-day escrow on this. I need 90 days so I can line my buyer up. I'm not going to live in the house myself. I'm going to resell it. And, you know, that's what our business is. We make our money from our buyers, not from the, the people who sell them to us. So you'll sell it to me for this, and I'm going to go out and spend my time, my energy, my resources, my money to attract one of our executive buyers for this beautiful home that you built here. Um, but, but I can't guarantee I'm going to close on it unless I find that buyer, and I'm going to need, you know, all the 90 days to do that. So if you can agree, then we'll write it up tomorrow, and let me go see what the market brings. Sometimes it brings you know, more than we expect. If it brings less, then maybe we'll adjust the terms. Is that fair? Well, that's good. That's the conversation you want to have. Now, let me explain what I might try before taking that approach where you could close on this house. And I'm going to use an extremely ridiculous example to make the point. You're saying this house... She wants 200 for this house, right? Isn't that what she said? She said that, but I asked her today what the lease she could take was, and she said, well, you know, between 190 and 200 So I'm thinking that's, you know, you hear 190 when they say that. Okay. So let's, let, let's say we offered her all $200,000, but it's... Uh, what would that be? That would be, hold on, let me get a calculator. Oops. Oops. Hold on, I just dropped something. Let me grab a calculator real quick and figure this out. You could, you could, 200, 1, 2, 3. So, what if you said, and again, I'm not saying she's going to accept this. Um, and let me use an example in the total extreme here, okay? What if you said, look, I really love this house. I'm not going to give you 200000 for it. I'm going to give you 300000 for it. How much would you love me if I got you 300000 for this house? You know where I'm going with this, Linda? Are you thinking of the interest? What I'm, what I'm thinking is I'll give you, you give me a normal bank loan, which is a 30-year loan, and I'll make payments to you of $800 a month over the course of that loan, uh, 821.92 times 360 months equals 
if you'll allow me to overpay for this home by $100,000 over that term, uh, you'll have $821 a month coming in like clockwork. Could we do that deal? But you're, you're saying that's, now that's one way. I'm not suggesting you do that. I'm just saying you can you can overpay for a house as long as you get the monthly payment low enough because and I'm assuming you can rent this house for more than 800, can't you? Well, yes. Now we're in the oil boom. I don't know what'll happen. You know, if the oil boom busts, but but yeah, I'd say. Well, so maybe maybe you take you know so maybe maybe you change the deal and you say, well, I'll give you two hundred thousand for the house, but I want that. Um, to be paid as $500 a month um, for 400 months, which is a little bit more than a 30-year loan. If you want, you know, we can put a balloon payment in it before 30 years. But where would you uh, put the balloon on that? Probably really late. I, I wouldn't bring it up, but I'm just making the point that yeah. as long as you get a low enough monthly payment and you don't have a down payment, you can create monthly spreads that are very, very attractive. So I yeah, don't get idea. as concerned about price as I am about the term and the monthly payment and the fact that I can get in down and own this property. I mean, get in with nothing down and own this property. I sure would like that. It would be my first one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not saying she's going to accept it. I'm saying yeah. that you should get in the game and make a lot of offers on properties or let other people make you offers on properties, as it, as it were, by asking these questions. Because there's a way that we can buy every single property on the market. Wow. There's a way. And, and you just need to ask the questions that enable that engineering of that transaction, which is why we called it being a transaction engineer at the very, very beginning. So here you have a situation where a house may not be worth anywhere near 200, but there's ways you can structure it so that it is. Now, of course, I guess I didn't, I don't even remember, did you say this house was free and clear? Yes. Yeah. So, so you, you know, the world is your oyster there. You can, you can offer all different types of deals on that. Where can I figure out all these different deals? I mean, the ones you've given me, but is there some other place, resource that I can look up? Or do well, you now you realize, Linda, that everyone on the phone probably thinks you're just throwing a huge softball question up to me here, don't you? <laughs> you're good. Okay, no. Because I'm going to let you it's answer that quick question. Start school, where where right? do you think you can go to get this training and education? Well, I, I try. I was Carlton Sheets? No, no, listen, I was, I was enrolled in the Quick Start School, and I got a virus and couldn't go. Oh, of course, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, as luck would have it, there's lots of Quick Start Schools. If you're able to, to travel, that's the best way to do it. I believe there's even an online Quick Start School that's offered through the Gold Club where you can do it online, but nothing Is replaces right? the actual live training of Quick Start. Are you in the Gold Club? Yes. Okay. Well, I'd encourage you to look. I think there, I, I know there used to be a virtual quick start. I don't know if that's still being offered, but um, you can check into that or call the, call the global publishing office. But I can guarantee you this, there's lots of uh, quick start programs, and I know there's one coming up in Jacksonville, I believe, in a few weeks in December, if you can get out for that. And I know that there is the convention, uh, which would be a great place to start because you will get a, a whole array of different ideas and options on how to make money in real estate.
And possibly well, even have some deals done for you there. As you know, as soon as I'm able, I'll be going to to some school. But but I appreciate your help so much with this tonight. Thank Great. you. Great. Well, the pleasure is all mine. I believe I have one last question here, so I'm going to hang up. Linda, have a wonderful evening. Uh, and I do. This is from area code 972. Who's this? Uh, this is Joe McAtee. I'm in uh, Dallas, Texas. How's it going? Hey, Joe. Where are you going with that gun in your hand? Oh, man. Ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you silly, dude. <laughs> well, I'm kind of new. I'm new to the club here, man. So this is the first call I've been able to join. And okay. I'm kind of excited here. Great. Um, I, I went through a lot of the material already, and I've only had it for three three, uh, three days here. So I kind of already answered a lot of my own questions just from going through all of the uh, the slides and stuff like that that you guys have. So I just want to compliment you guys on the sites and the material you guys got out there, um, first off. Um, second off is uh, with me being new and stuff like that, the question I did have is uh, I see a lot of, uh, like, I'm in Dallas, so it's a lot of new property being built and stuff like that. Did you have any insight or any advice you can give me on, you know, looking towards getting in, getting in some deals with some of the new new homes that's being built and stuff like that, or would you recommend I swear away from that until I get a couple of wholesales under my belt? Well, it's not necessarily that you need to get wholesales under your belt, but my, my first recommendation is, is always to get the proper training. And Gold Club it can get you some of the way, but Quick Start Real Estate School will get you a lot further. You, you will come out of there brimming, glowing with the new information and the different ways that you can make money. And you'll understand intuitively the answer to that, to that question. You know, you have the ugly house business where you're focused in on uh, picking up properties that you can get very cheap relative to their value because of the repairs that are needed and you can wholesale those or assign those contracts or simultaneously close those contracts with other investors who uh, will provide the pathway for you to make cash. Uh, you could do the rehab yourself by doing, uh, getting a private money loan. You know, the example I gave well, uh, before, which I think you might have heard, you know, if you had a $200,000 home after it was repaired and you got it under contract for 100 and it only needs 10 of repairs, you can go borrow 120 from somebody, put 10 in your pocket immediately when you buy it, and you can put 10 into the rehab, 100 into buying the house, and yes, there's some holding costs and some selling costs in there, so you yeah. know, maybe... You is, that the, uh, is that the lease option with the sandwich clothes that you're referring to? No, what I'm referring to there is simply buying a house for under the maximum allowable offer, which you'll learn in Quick okay. Start Real Estate School, is 70% of the R, which is the after repaired okay. value, less the repair cost. That's the maximum you can offer. So you usually start well below that and work your way up to determine if you want to buy it. Once you do, you have an asset that you can sell or you have an asset mm -hmm. that you can fix up and sell for more money, but you'll get paid uh, okay. Usually later, unless you get private money. So, so gotcha. I guess what I'm getting at is there's there, there's not a it's not, there's no no question about being able to make money in real estate. The real question is which way do you want to make it, and what will right. help you get the answers to that is getting the proper training so you can determine how you want to focus. You don't have to focus right. on new construction. You don't have to focus on old construction. You have to focus on generating seller leads that are called by virtual assistants. So here comes a pile of leads in your lap that are already pre-qualified. You ask a few questions, and the next thing you know, you have 
assets under contract that you can sell to lease option buyers, to other investors, that you can keep for your own portfolio, and all of that is learned by getting the proper education. Of course. Okay, so I mean, I, I get I need the education and stuff like that. I was just curious as to like it's not I didn't say new construction. I said new new homes being built. So they they have Dallas is a huge market for for real estate. So they have areas where they're building houses like whole neighborhoods. It's not like um, mm -hmm. you know stuff that needs to be renovated or anything done like that. They are they you know, of course they might need like. The little basic necessities like the blinds and the appliances, stuff like that. But they're they're new homes. Um, my 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 initial question was like, would you you think that would be something that's off limits with me being new? I mean, given no, that I have the education stuff like that. Are these homes being sold by? Um, are these like the builders? Yeah, I mean, so you know, the builders are going to be looking for generally the same kind of buyers as you have, but you could you could do a deal with the builder where you have an, an option on the property and they can use you to locate the buyers uh, depending okay. on if they're willing to sell it on terms or not. Right. But generally I've found that you get more flexible sellers when you are dealing with people who, have owned, who own the property themselves and have okay. a bank loan that they need the debt relief from or they're moving or there's some other situation that makes them motivated to sell the home under uh, on terms, uh, okay. You know, but that's not to say that you you can't keep your eyes open for deals from builders or deals on land that you can sell to builders. Um, right. You know, that that you can you can get land under contract and then try to sell that or assign that contract to a builder who may want to develop the, the community if they're going if land is going like hotcakes there like you described. Yeah, yeah. So they what the thing is um. So of course in the video, um, like I said, I watched all of the videos on, on the site almost, man. I'm I'm knocking them out. So on the video, they're telling me, you know, of course to start in in places in my area. So it just happened so so happened that I'm in in an area where they're putting up a lot of new stores. They got two new neighborhoods that they're they're currently putting up. So I can tell that the value is about to go up in this area. And I mean, they're putting up whole neighborhoods over here. Uh -huh. And um, that's that's the reason why well, I bring I would, it up. I would target the houses surrounding those neighborhoods, which will probably okay. benefit from the appreciation. And you'll learn, and okay. you know, you've learned probably from some of the videos that you can send yellow letters out to those homeowners and have people calling a VA who will qualify those leads for you, and mm -hmm. and then you can determine who you want to call from there, have some pleasant conversations, and yeah. maybe get a couple of deals under contract, and and um, yeah either make some cash or hold them and wait for the appreciation. Yeah, so I was definitely thinking about going ahead and, and buying into the, the Eagle um, the Eagle site they have for the virtual assistance that you, I think you guys offer. Oh, the Eagle VA, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. there's no doubt. I don't doubt, know if you guys still have that. Yeah, Joe, I, there's no doubt that one of the biggest breakthroughs we've had in real estate in, in maybe the last decade or so is the use of virtual assistants and the ability to delegate tasks that frankly are below your pay grade because of the education you've got from real estate and they can do the tasks that nobody wants to do so that you only get involved when you already have somebody who's agreed to sell their house 
where they're taking monthly payments. It makes this business exponentially more pleasurable when you have somebody doing that work for you and it's extremely inexpensive relative to what you can make and frankly there's no one better at it than the Eagle VAs because they're trained by Ron and his staff in this exact system that we are bringing to the market. Right, right. Yes, yeah, so I think I'm going to go ahead and do that. Um, would you recommend I go ahead and register a business so I can get the, the tax benefits or just go ahead and kind of, kind of do that later on, you know, further down the road? Well, I mean, naturally that's part of it. But I think people focus on the fun and easy stuff that makes them, you know, feel cool and everything. And that, that doesn't really put money in your pocket. What puts money in your pocket is getting the education and then calling sellers. And that's it. You got to educate yourself and you got to call sellers. And I always instruct yeah, I, I people just, to forget about everything I'm sorry, else. Man. I, you know, right. I'm not saying that's not important, but I am saying that if you if you get bogged down in making business cards and making flyers and making websites, you're not going to call sellers and you're not going to do deals. Right. And I, I totally agree. More than half of the people go spend their time at Office Depot instead of calling sellers. So uh, that's what I'd recommend, Joe. Get that training and um, and then make some calls to sellers, and I think you'll be a lot better off than most. Okay. And what's Fair the enough. what's the site for the uh, for the online for the one you were just telling the, the last person? The site for what? Uh, for the some type of training you were talking to the, oh, the lady before me. Are, are you are you are you in? You must be in Ron's Gold Club already. Yeah, I'm in his Gold Club. Yeah, I would call I would call the Global Publishing Office and inquire about Quick Quick Start Real Estate School. I mean, don't okay. you get or go to go to Ron? I think it's on RonLegrand.com, or it's probably right there on the Gold Club. What are the next dates for Quick Start Real Estate yeah, School? Yeah, and get in I'm on the site, but I don't. I wouldn't know where. Let me see. Okay. I find it, and if it's on the site, then I, I just keep going through. I, I'll find it eventually here. Hey, like I said, there's so much, so much information on here, so I'll find it, though. Well, the, the upcoming coming trainings are definitely in the Gold Club, and they're definitely in the uh, on RonLegrand.com. And uh, frankly, there's not very many days that go by that I don't get something in my mailbox from Global Publishing yeah. that doesn't reinforce the fact that there's quick start real estate school dates so uh, I'd expect you to be able to find those and uh, if there's other folks who have the same questions as you they really ought to enroll uh, one of the greatest decisions I ever made going back decades ago and the systems evolved a lot since then and it's believe me a thousand times easier today than it was back in the 90s when we didn't have virtual yeah. assistants and we didn't have the internet we actually had to go look yeah, at the houses we actually had to locate not. sellers uh, without, in a way that required us to get up from our desk. Yeah, I think if I can, um, if I can get two deals in there, maybe I can probably afford the train. I see it's forty five hundred here, um, which I wouldn't have a problem at all well, paying they, if I had they it. Have financing options. I would just call Global Publishing and see what they can arrange for you. Um, okay. But. Uh, all right, well, listen, Joe, thanks for the call very much. I appreciate it a whole lot, and I hope everybody uh, enjoyed the conversation here, and I'm going to let you guys go and uh, wish you all a wonderful evening. All right, man, you do the same. Thanks. Yep, take care. Bye now. All right, you too.